Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It is July 12th. I'm Kim Howard, joined with Don Klein again today. And um, on Tuesdays, we like to share our God story, which is either a testimony or something that God's teaching or showing you right now in life um, or a way he's growing you. And so I've asked Dawn to share something along those lines. So Dawn, if you would just share with us a little about, about your God story, I guess. Well, I grew up in a church and God was more about being scared um, being saved from hell. It wasn't about a relationship with Christ. And I guess as I got older, I didn't, it was, it was more about knowing what the Bible said and, um, just being afraid of hell. So you wanted to be a Christian because that would save you. Um, it wasn't about a relationship at all. So as I got older and met a few friends that, that actually had a relationship with Jesus. I kind of wondered about that and and found it to be refreshing, but a little weird. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then once I met Chris, I was really intrigued because I would see him just talking to God or talking about God like he was like friends with God. And that was where I really kind of, changed my my relationship with Jesus into a real relationship where I could talk to him and and share with him as far as my whole life instead of just on Sundays when I went to church so that's and that's what I continue to learn right now so yeah and um I love that story because as we were discussing, I think there's a lot of churches that that's true of. Um, it seems to be a little bit more focused on um, salvation and salvation only, like do these things so that you'll be saved, um, whether it's grace or faith or whatever the checkbox is. Um, but that's never a satisfying place to be, right? Like you're always striving and working for something greater. Um, so it's, it's cool that, um, people that came into your life, just different people that had real relationships with Jesus. Um, and those sometimes are real weird, you know, especially when you hear them talk about it. Um, and yet I think that's probably the most impactful and as you know, like having that real relationship, um, it's sometimes hard to like explain it to people and they do think you're weird. Right. But I think it's probably the most impactful thing. Like me too. Having people. a real relationship with Jesus is, has been almost more simple than, than trying to follow all the rules that I was supposed to follow. Right. Because it was about rules. Right. Well, you didn't want to do like, the wrong thing. Right. It's like Old Testament and New Testament, right? The Old Testament had the law. It's not that we don't have to follow the law, but 
it became overwhelming, right? And there was, you could never do it perfectly. So you were never really going to be saved from following that perfectly. And then Jesus comes along and he really just simplifies it. Um, but the only way that gets simplified is by having a relationship with him, not just continuing to follow the law, but having a relationship with him. And I think that's cool that um, there were people in your life that shared that relationship that they had with Jesus, with you. Um, Cause like you said, I don't think it, it is hard to explain to people, but the only way they are going to know is if they do have it explained or when you talk about it or um, as if it is a completely normal thing, which obviously Chris must have done that. I liked uh, the way you worded it. Um, like Jesus was just his friend and you're like, okay, that's weird. Right? Like that there's something that seems a little off about it, but yet the more you interact with Chris, the more you understand his relationship with Jesus and it no longer seems weird. Yeah. Well, Chris and, and other friends now too, but yeah, I think he was probably the first one I thought, wow, that's a little, <laughs> yeah. Something we're unused so. to, I think, um, which is maybe a little bit sad in um, our very conservative culture. I think it's normal. Um, I think there's an aspect of conservative and to yourself type nature, but I think that really the only way people are going to know is if they see real living examples of people who have a real living relationship with Jesus and how that impacts their everyday. Um, Cause you don't always see that on the outside when you deal with people, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, people you work with or go to church with or school with or whatever. So, um, well, and I was also terrified of making mistakes. <laughs> well, that's, it does make it difficult when you're, um, yeah your fear of hell is greater than your fear of God, realistically, in that situation. Uh, it's not the way it's supposed to be. So, um, well, thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate getting to know that story a little bit more and you a little bit more through that. Um, today, we're going to jump into Psalm 52. And I've asked Dawn to read that today, and she's agreed. Um, so she is going to be reading Psalm 52 for us today. Why do you boast about your crimes, great warrior? Don't you realize God's justice continues forever? All day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp, sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good and lies more than truth. You love to destroy others with your words, you liar. But God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more boldness and bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will trust in your good name in the presence of your faithful people. Thank you. So I know you mentioned as well that you read this in a different version. Um, so you asked to read it in the NLT as you read it today. Um, was there anything in the version you read previously that caught your attention and or just now as you were reading it in this different translation or something that stood out to you? Um, I really love toward the end where it says um, being like a green olive tree. I like that image. Um, 
but I am like an olive tree. And it just gives me the image of a tree that's rooted in the ground and it's strong in the ground, but it's also in the wind, it bends and it's able to grow, but it's able to bend and be a little bit more flexible and learn more. So as it grows. So I like the, the image of the tree. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, Being able to grow in God's love and God's teaching and, and growing deeper roots as I learn more. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously a growing tree would be growing deeper in depth and roots, right? In the foundation of it growing deeper. Um, but then, as you said, that flexibility in, in trusting God, that requires an immense amount of flexibility to bend and sway with whatever he's doing. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a cool image. I am not an image person, so... Um, I don't generally see things like vividly. So I always find it interesting when I'm with people who do have like <laughs> something image wise stands out to them. I think it's so cool because um, it's probably, you know, everybody grass is greener on the other side. So I like that you have that um, clearly an image um, stands out to you. Um, but that is a good one. Um, and this was, um, I don't know, we didn't mention it because at the beginning it talks about the heading of this. This is a Psalm of David. Um, as a lot of them are, we've discussed that in the past on podcast, but um, this one, uh, what did I write? So for historical context, uh, it's written by David and it's referencing the time when Doeg, I don't know if that's how you say it, but apparently Doeg informed Saul of David's presence at the tabernacle and receiving help from the priests, which obviously Saul did not want him doing. Um, so the evil and paranoid Saul who was trying to kill David, right? Um, cause he didn't want David succeeding him. Um, he had this guy Doag kill all the priests, like evil, right? Beyond, um, like priests and other people, it says like there's apparently it was this mass murder that Doag carried out at the tabernacle. Um, and that, that story, I guess, is found in Samuel 21 and 22, um, so here, you know, at the beginning, that's what, when it talks about the evil aspect of it, the wickedness, the lies, the, um, David is talking about this man, Doeg, who carried out Saul's, um, command to kill all these people. Um, and I think one of the commentators I read too, is like, <laughs> really, it sounds pretty harsh when we read it, but it probably was not harsh enough for right. the evil this man carried out on God's chosen priests. And, gen, and then other people nearby or that were in the temple or tabernacle at that time. Um, but David gets to the root of, you know, like in when he's talking about, it, he gets to the root of the evil, not just addressing the evil act, right? So he talks about what makes this man evil. Not the fact that the, he carried out this mass murder, but that um, he plots destruction. His tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good and lies more than truth. Um, so he, he gets to the heart of the sin more so than what the actual event was that he carried out. Um, which I think is interesting that David's able to step back because this guy's obviously trying to kill him as well. So, um, 
he's able to take a step back and say how evil this man is. Um, but not just in his actions, but like, like at the heart of this man, that's what evil is. Um, so I just found that interesting. I think that context kind of helps you understand like the first part of the Psalm. And then it goes to the, the latter half, you know, where it's David talking about more about himself, right. And like an olive mm -hmm. tree thriving. Um, so even all this negative that comes against him, he's still rooted deeply in God, trusting him and praising him. Um, so I liked the contrast between the two men as David describes it. Anything else that you got besides the image of the olive tree? Well, it, it kind of goes back to the image of the olive tree. And um, when you have a tree, you have to water it. You have to give it sunlight. You have to give it water. You have to nourish it. And knowing that I need to nourish myself with the word of God and being able to bask in Jesus and get that light from Jesus because Jesus is the light. <laughs> right, right. And the, so, and the word of God is what nourishes me. Yeah. Kind of looking for what the wording was on. Um, I guess it's like thriving. It says the tree is thriving. And the only way a tree is going to thrive is if it's given what it needs. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, he just totally praises God in that, right? I mean, it just, he's able to look back and see what God's done in the past, you know, and then he uses that for his strength for the present time. You know, when mm -hmm. he knows he's being hunted down, he can look, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. So he knows God's love is unfailing. He's going to praise him forever. Um, and he's going to trust him. Uh, I think that's a a cool contrast between the two men um, and what that looks like. You have a very vivid image of what that looks like when you do trust God and um, love him and praise him and focus on him, you know, like that thriving olive tree. Like that's a beautiful picture, um, unlike the man who is dishonest and um deceitful and evil um, that's not a very pretty picture um, so a clear contrast there between a life rooted in god and a life clearly not <laughs> right um, i found it interesting in um looking at it is that you know in amos yesterday we talked about like the wickedness being addressed was regarding like how they treated the poor and the needy but it was really more specifically to the farmers or the business people um and you know as a business person or person who has some wealth like your responsibility is maybe greater you know mm -hmm. in taking care of the poor and the needy um and that was really quite frankly, condemned um, in Amos, right? right. Like that's what God was going right. to punish is those who did not and who were treating people unfairly. Um, I felt like this was a little bit along the same thing. Um, you know, when it talks about plotting destruction and telling lies, um, loving evil more than good and lies more than truth. Um, 
I felt like that kind of had that same thing. You know, it says you love to destroy others. Um, so that whole like right. destroying other people. The stepping on others to get to the top. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like there was a little bit of a similarity between those two, which I found interesting, I guess, between mm -hmm. Amos and I did see that David. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, again, sometimes we have to pay attention, you know, when we catch those things that seem to be a recurring theme, like, okay, how are we treating the poor and the needy? Um, do we use them, you know, to get ahead um, or are we treating them fairly? Um, I think that's about all I had. Yeah, I think as I wrap that up, but um, because I didn't continue in five and six where it says, but God will strike you down once and for all. He will put you or he will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. Kind of like that tree. He's going to uproot you. Um, I think in the NIV, it had a little bit different wording um, where it says, surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at you saying, here now, this is the man who did not make God his stronghold and trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty yeah. clear that what yeah, he is doing is using sure. his great wealth to destroy others. For and, sure. Yep. Um, so we should be very cautious not to be using any blessings or wealth that we may have to, um, yeah, take advantage of yeah. others or use them or not treat them yeah. the way God wants us to treat them. And I know sometimes people want to get to the top, so they just do whatever they have to do to get to the top. And And I think our society just focuses on being at the top in everything you do. And if you're not at the top, well, then you've got a problem. Yeah. And so people will do whatever they have to do to get to the top. And sometimes I have to just sit back and say, no, I don't need to be at the top. I need to help others that are down, mm -hmm. you know, that are poor, that are needy. I provide them with shade, with my tree. Right. <laughs> I provide them with rest. I provide them with food. I provide them with whatever they need mm -hmm. so yeah we live in a cultural rat race really right We're we really do and and people are just so focused on getting to the top if you have enough money if you have enough knowledge if you have enough um of this that or the other and and really it, that's not what it's about yep yeah none of those things will last for sure um and not to discourage wealth because i don't think god says that it's wicked to be wealthy. Mm -hmm. What's wicked is right. how we use the wealth because right. we have to exactly. understand God gave us the wealth. So if God gave us the wealth, then how are we using it? Yeah. We should be using it to further yeah. his kingdom. I'm glad you added that because I yeah. didn't say that, you know, if you're wealthy, that's not a bad right. thing. No, um, not at all. It's, it's just, just how, how you use, use it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Well, I would like to wrap up by reading... Um, the closing today from verse eight. Okay. 
which is really the one that mostly stood out to you. And that's what I have as, um, yeah, as my closing, because I think it is important to focus on it. You know, it says in the NLT, but I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I pray that be true of you today, um, that you be like that olive tree, you know, that is deeply rooted in God, thriving, growing, um, and trusting, you know, that we serve the almighty God who has unfailing love for us. So I pray that uh, you will have a great Tuesday and we will be back with you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.